Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, President at Paulson. Welcome to this episode of Spark. Today you'll be hearing from one of the most well-known and respected voices for agriculture, Michelle Rook who is currently Ag Business Director at WNEX in Yankton, South Dakota. Amazingly, she is also a licensed meteorologist and most recently received the 2016 South Dakota Governor's Ag Ambassador Award. And if that isn't enough, Michelle also served a term as President of National Association of Farm Broadcasters, and she was only the second woman to hold that title. And I could go on about her accomplishments, but Michelle, I guess I'd like you to share a little bit about where you are now and what a great day in your world looks like. Well, thank you. In addition to a lot of the radio work that I do, um, I do a lot of television work, too. In fact, that's how I kind of got my start in the broadcast world or in farm broadcasting was in television at South Dakota State University, and I produced a program there that was on Kello TV that was a half-hour program about agriculture. And from there, I went to WNAX. But in the meantime, I still had – that was – TV was my first love, and so I went back and started freelancing for Farm Journal Media and the specific programs there would be Ag Day and U.S. Farm Report, which are nationally syndicated ag TV programs, and I've also done other TV work, but I continue to do that. Um, I'm also a reporter for Ag Week TV, which is based out of Fargo, North Dakota, and runs on Kello TV as well, and then I have a video business in which right now my primary focus is to do consumer-based programming, to try to teach consumers about agriculture and how important it is to their everyday life and maybe teach them about some of the things they don't understand about the agricultural industry to try to bridge that gap or that disconnect between farmers and consumers about the farming they do on their farm and the food that they produce every day. So I produce segments for uh, some of the farm groups, including the South Dakota Soybean Council, which right now are running on Kello TV on their 5 o'clock news. Um, Those run during uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then they're up on their website as well, and we put those out on YouTube and Facebook, and again, trying to educate consumers about this great agricultural industry that we are all in. I do that in addition to my work at WNAX. I do a lot of traveling. My specialty area, in addition to uh, reporting and covering meetings, is markets. I'm a market reporter. Really, that's my passion, and so I've kind of dug in. And and from a daily perspective, I'm on the air doing markets on the 30s and 54s of every hour, all day throughout the day from 6 in the morning until 6.30 at night, not only giving numbers but trying to explain why the markets are doing what they're doing and trying to give farmers information that will help them to make those very critical marketing decisions on their farm. Well, I'm pretty sure you are the busiest woman that I've ever met because I have no idea how you juggle all of that. So you must be, I guess, a poster child for squeezing in the things in between those blocks between the 30 and the 54 of every hour. So you look for ways to streamline everything that you do and try, try to do it better and faster, but always to do good quality. So let's maybe take a little bit of a look back and tell us about your early life and how that prepared you for your career. 
I grew up on a dairy and crop farm just north of Brookings, the land-grant college, and was very heavily involved in 4-H, doing lots of different projects, but was really heavy into the leadership aspect of 4-H, doing um, public speaking, but my real passion was showing cattle. We had a brown Swiss herd, a registered herd, and then I also was very involved in FFA, and went on to get uh, my state and American degree and was a state FFA officer in South Dakota. And those early experiences, in addition to some of the speaking things that I did when I was in high school and was in debate and declam and all those sorts of things, I think helped shape my passion for being a spokesperson. And I didn't know that I was going to be in broadcasting when I went to South Dakota State University. I started out as a dairy manufacturing major. Um, I knew I wanted to be in agriculture. I was passionate about it because of working and being and growing up on the farm with with my parents who are just a fantastic example for any young woman. But I didn't really know that I was going to go into broadcasting, that my career just kind of evolved that way. But I would say, you know, those early years on the farm are what gave me the passion for agriculture and the love that I have for that industry and then everything else just kind of wove itself together with my early leadership experiences and activities. This has kind of been a common theme that we've heard in that I've heard in these uh, interviews was that people didn't necessarily expect their career to take them where they had gone but can you looking back describe maybe a pivotal event or was there a decision you made that kind of totally changed the course of your life? Well for me being a state FFA officer was really very instrumental, I think, in shaping my career path. When I got into FFA, my dad was state FFA president in South Dakota, and he was the one that got me in FFA. And then when I became a state officer, I just I knew that I wanted to be a leader in the industry, but I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So when I started at SDSU, like I said, I was a dairy manufacturing major and wanted to do something with the dairy industry. But about a year or so into it, it's very common for the dairy manufacturing majors at SDSU to do internships. And that is a great program that sends students all over the country to dairy plants to do internships that are very high-paid internships. And everybody gets placed, and so when it was my time to do that, I interviewed in Norfolk, Nebraska, with the head of HR down there, who within five minutes of my interview said to me, you know, if you could be doing anything else this summer as an internship, what would you do? Which confused me, but somehow he had noticed something about me that wasn't necessarily right in terms of me being a good fit for that job. And I said, I hadn't even thought about it, but I said, I think I would like to go home to my farm and be a farm broadcast intern for Jim Thorson up at our local radio station at KWAT in Watertown. Had never even thought about it before. It just kind of (laughs) popped into my head. Wow. And so he told me to go home, and he said, this internship will be here in another week, and if they don't want an intern, you can come back. But the next day I went home, I called Jim Thorson. He said, yeah, we'll have you come in and be an intern. I can't pay you anything. So I left a paid internship to go to a non-paid internship 
but that was what really was the pivotal point for me being a farm broadcaster was taking that job. So someone that they would see that in you and just know that maybe you weren't going to be quite content. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I still am amazed to this day that somebody could be that clairvoyant. They could see that. And who was that again? Who who was the person? His name was Wes Winget. I always will remember his name. He did a lot of different HR seminars all over the country, and he must have been um, had some sort of a gift because, like I said, he he sized me up in five minutes. So, so did you know Jim Thorson before that? I did. Okay. I had actually done interviews with him when I was a state FFA officer, and so you can see where the connection yep. started there. Yep. I don't think I would have had that interaction with Jim had I not been a state officer, and because. You know, we were 15 miles from Watertown. I did a lot of interviews with Jim because I was in his coverage area. So I had a relationship there, and like I said, it was not even on my radar at the time. But it was a great experience for me because Jim was one of those kind of farm directors that just threw you in the deep end of the pool, and two weeks after I'd been there said, "Um, I'm going to have you do all my programming for me (laughs) for the day, and I'm going to go fishing. So I learned really fast, and it was a very good experience. Was that internship between a couple of years of college, or were you ready to just roll into your career from there? It was actually between my freshman and sophomore year. So you had a lot of school left. Yes, I did. I did. And then the following summer, then I became acquainted with Emory Cheddar at Ag Communications at SDSU, and then that opened the next door to my next portion of my career at South Dakota State University when I did radio and television there for the extension service. So I know you mentioned, you know, a couple of people that have been influential, but who would you say has been most influential to your development for your career? I really go back to my parents because I think you can teach people anything that you want out of a textbook, but to teach people to have good work ethic, to try to teach children that they can do things that they don't think they can do, that they can be a leader and that they need to reach beyond their bounds in anything that they become involved in. Those are the things that I think you have instilled from little on up from your parents. And so they have always been like that. Even all the years that I went through school and now through my career, they're still doing that same sort of encouragement and and building me up to the next level, you know, and encouraging me to continue to grow and to dream beyond where I'm at. So they have been very instrumental. But I really think all of the internship experiences that I have had through college were really totally um, instrumental in shaping my career and helping me to be more prepared when I finally actually hit the real world. Well, that's uh, an amazing tribute to your parents. And I, my guess is they probably don't even realize that they do it. That's probably just who they are. Yeah, it is. Um, I've had the opportunity because even when I got the Governor's Ag Ambassador Award, they were there, and I said the very same thing to them because they – and they know that. They know how instrumental they've been in my life and my career, and I love them for that. Also, I guess to to the audience for Spark, it's really important to reinforce thinking about internships and really, you know, don't take those internships for granted. They, they're they important and, and can be pivotal for you. 
Absolutely, and I know now we have rules where we have to pay students to be interns, but I at the time took an unpaid internship, and I encourage anybody, if there's any experience that you can grow and learn, even if you aren't paid for it, um, take that opportunity because you never know where it will lead. Awesome advice. So, Michelle, what do you think your biggest obstacle has been? Early in my career, it was still being probably a female in what has typically been a male-dominated profession and industry. And so for me, I have always felt like I had to know twice as much as any any male or really anybody um, in agriculture when I did an interview or when I approached someone to do um markets or whatever, I needed to know as much or more than the people that I was interviewing so that I would be credible on the air and to that person that I was interviewing. So that's probably been the biggest obstacle, but I don't look at it at it as an obstacle. I've always looked at it as a challenge and something that has, I think, driven me to try to be the best I can be and know as much as I can about as many different things in agriculture and in the world. As I can. If it seemed like when you were starting out, there was an obstacle that you were a woman in the field, do you feel like that's changing over time? Yeah, I really do because you had mentioned me being the second female to be National Association of Farm Broadcasting president. It took a long time for the industry to accept a female being president. But I think that, you know, Colleen Callahan opened the door, but it seemed like after there was confirmation of the second person to do it. We have had quite a string of female presidents since then. And I think if you look at even the farm broadcasting industry, we have over 50% now of the farm broadcasters in the country that are female. And I think that that tide has changed now. And I think that women are just as accepted as men in this industry. So that has changed for the best. Yeah, I think that's my experience, too, so I'm really glad to have you reinforce that. So I've got another kind of line of questions for you about mentorship. Um, have you ever been a mentor for anyone in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. I have had quite a few interns, both male and female. Um, in fact, Spencer Chase, who now works for AgriPulse with Sarah Wyant, was my intern for a summer at WNAX and I think has gone on to do some really great things in the industry. And so I'm very proud of him and have had other interns as well that maybe have gone into farm broadcasting and some have not. But I think being a mentor is a really important thing to do in this industry to give back. So what do you feel like you've learned from being a mentor? I think sometimes you, by being a mentor, learn how to kind of push yourself even farther because after you've done something so long, it's just become second nature for you. I think, you know, for me doing markets as many times a day as I do, I mean, it's like breathing for me. But when you have an intern in and you have to start explaining concepts like what is bull spreading um, in the market or, you know, what is a long versus a short in the market, when you have to start explaining those concepts, I think that makes you better because you're thinking to yourself, all right, if this intern has this question, then am I talking at the same level to my farm listeners that I need to be and explaining these concepts correctly? So I think that just makes you better at what you do. 
what kind of advice would you have for young women just starting out in their careers? Do as many internships as you possibly can and in different fields. You know, if you want to be in radio or in television or if you want to be in agribusiness of some sort, make sure you try to get as many different experiences in the industry as you can because things always build on something else. Every experience is built on on the next experience. So that would be one. Secondly, be open to absolutely everything. You know, don't just think if I if you're going to be in broadcasting, no, I only want to be in TV and I'm only going to settle for TV, so I'm never going to do any radio because you never know. Like for me, I get to do both and there's strengths and things that are good about each medium for me to be able to communicate with the agricultural industry that I wouldn't have that ability if I wasn't doing both mediums. So, you know, be open to everything. And then I guess finally, you know, work hard. Whatever you do, try to do it the best that that you can. If that means you have to stay an hour or two hours after to work a late night or come in early to do something, just know that that work, hard work really does pay off in the end because I have had that experience that good work ethic is something that employers really value nowadays and it will really get you far. Right. I couldn't agree with you more on that front. Uh, that's really true. And I guess I would say just from your story about your dairy internship that if you know, if if something doesn't feel right and you want to take another opportunity, have the courage to just make that jump. That was yeah. life-changing you for have you. To, your gut will tell you generally sometimes, you know, listen to your gut, but don't be afraid to try to, you know, try something that you may not be comfortable with. In your sphere of influence, what do you think you're most concerned about? You talked a lot about the ag advocacy work that you do. Is that kind of the thing you're most concerned about, or are there other topics in agriculture that you think are really something that should be on on everybody's radar? Well, I am concerned about ag advocacy because I really feel like we got caught behind the eight ball, and now we're having to catch up in trying to bridge the gap between farmers and consumers. And the thing that concerns me most is that we don't have a unified effort. We have a lot of different groups that are doing ag advocacy that have their own campaigns and platforms and what, whatever, but the industry in general I don't see coming together with one voice and with the limited dollars that we have in the industry to do marketing in general, um, and it takes a lot more money to market to the mass public than it does to other farmers um, because they're such a small sector. We need a lot of money, so if we could pool our dollars together, I think, and have one message and all be pulling together in the same direction, I think that would be best. And so I see segmentation there that kind of concerns me. I'm also concerned about right now the downturn in the farm economy or the downturn in the farm economy and the fact that we have a lot of consolidations and mergers that are happening in the industry. All those things generally mean less advertising dollars for the industry that I work in. And so those things concern me because I think the long-term health and viability of farm broadcasting, we're having to reinvent ourselves and be 360 media type people. But long-term, we're all looking for how do we stay relevant five, ten years from now um, 
with doing not only mainstream media, but we're having to do social media and everything else. But if those dollars aren't there on the advertising side as well, some of the stations that we work for, the entities may find that they don't need us. And so that is probably a little bit of my concern. I share that concern with you too. I know we've seen a lot of changes in agri-marketing and uh, and having also a brother-in-law that's a broadcaster in the business and just watching how many more things he's trying to juggle, you know, to do his job. It's, it's really can be a challenging time. Absolutely. Plus, we're expected now with the way the internet is to be media 24-7. And that is a tough, tough thing to have to do. You know, it's it's been an equalizer in some ways because it's given, you know, unprecedented access to a lot of voices. And, you know, back to what you talked about where we wish there was a little bit more of a unified voice on behalf of advocacy. Um, it is definitely more scattered, but it's also a lot harder to keep up with. You know, there's just so much out there now. So if you could influence one thing in the future, what would that be? Well, I know this is impossible, but I would love to control commodity prices. <laughs> I know people that listen to me do markets sometimes try to accuse me that I somehow have control, which I don't. <laughs> but I would love to control that and have everybody be profitable because when the farm economy and the farm sector is doing well, everybody does well in the economy. And so if I could wave my magic wand, that would would be what I would wish for because being 20% of our gross national product, people don't realize because we're such a small sector anymore how much we influence everything in their daily lives from the economy to what food they have available and that the pleasures that they have and conveniences of their everyday life really come back to the great job that farmers do and I wish I could make everybody happy. Well, all farmers would be cheering you on if you could do that. Um, but that's a you're making a great point. You know, it, that's just a giant contribution to our entire economy by really a very, very few handful of people. Seems like and they don't have to have seven dollar corn. I'm just saying I want everybody to be profitable. You know, right? Because you want the animal side of it to succeed too. Absolutely. And there's got to be a balance there that, that would be good if we could hit that sweet spot. So you obviously worked really, really hard, and you've got an amazing career going, and you are nowhere near anything like retirement, but when you have decided to step aside from your career, what is one thing you hope to be remembered for? I hope it's that people know how much I love the industry and that they feel like I help provide information that was useful for them to live their everyday life and to run their businesses the best that they can. I mean, I think that they have the most important job in the world, and I hope that they understand how important they are and that the information that I provided somehow helped them so that they could do a better job of farming and ranching and providing food for this country. That's a great great thing to be remembered for. Is there anything that I didn't ask you um, that we missed to talk on? Do you have any other advice for our, our young women coming up in their careers? I think we covered it pretty good, Sarah. Okay. Well, this was great. I Really, really, really appreciate your time, Michelle, because I know how busy you are, and you you probably got a market report to do just seconds after we get off the phone. No, here. and I'm so sorry it took us so many tries here at oh, trying to find a time that worked. Not at all. I'm just super grateful that we were able to carve out a little bit of time, and I think you've got some wonderful advice for these young women, and um, I really, really appreciate it. Happy to help. 
That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.